0: 200 winners in the building uh, to throw your hands in the air uh, open up your mouth and declare uh, I win tonight my Bible tells me that no weapon formed against me uh, shall be able to prosper uh, I dare you to shout right now uh, and let the devil know uh, the battle lived enough life to understand that 90% of winning is simply not giving up. Anybody can testify in the building uh, that sometimes uh, all you need to do to win uh, is keep getting back up. Uh, Micah 7 and 8, the writer said, uh, Rejoice uh, not against me, oh uh, mine enemy, uh, for when I fall, I uh, shall uh, arise you want to let the enemy know tonight uh, that you're too early to celebrate uh, but you're too late uh, to stop me tonight hey we win we win If it was Sunday night we might sing No matter what the weapon is I want you to know we win No matter what the weapon is I feel like I'm in a room full of winners tonight. I said, I feel like I'm in in a room full of winners tonight. How many of you remember the word of the Lord declares that we are more than conquerors? You're not just a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. Do you remember that when you look at that phrase more than conquerors, it's the phrase in the original Hooper Nakeo. Tell your neighbor Hooper Nakeo. The word Nakeo simply means victory. It's where the company Nike got its name from. Nike said when you When you say our name, you're declaring victory. Turn around and tell your neighbor tonight, hi, my name is Victory tonight. Tell your other neighbor, the one that's awake tonight, hello, my name is Victory. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm Hooper Nakeo. Oh, if you believe that tonight, one more time, clap your hands and give God your best praise. Hallelujah. Woo! Anybody got the victory on Tuesday night? Amen, amen. You can be seated for just a moment. If you dare tonight, amen. We're excited about what God is doing in this place. Amen. So wonderful to see the people of God in the house of God tonight. Are you grateful that God made a way for you to be here tonight? Come on, are you grateful God made a way for you to be here tonight? There's people all over the city that wish they could be here, but God made a way for us And we're excited about what he's going to do in this place. Were you blessed by what God did in this place on Sunday? Amen. Sunday when we finished, Andrew was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. That's right, even a hurricane can't stop revival. Amen. I was talking with somebody this past week. My mind is failing me to remember who it was. But they said, you know, Bishop, this week, I feel like God just keeps speaking a one word into my spirit. Accelerated. Accelerated. And when they told me that, I haven't been able to get it out of my spirit all week long. God's got an accelerant uh, that he's put on the top of some blessings in our life. God put an accelerator uh, on some things he's doing in our life. Uh, I think we ought to one more time give God a praise because we know that there are some doors uh, that only a hurricane can open uh, because we understand there are some things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, glory to God. Woo. amen how many of you got your eyes on jesus and not on the storm this week amen god is in the middle of this thing so good to see brother and sister liggins home tonight amen they made it in and uh love and missed them this past week or so and uh i'm just excited anybody excited about all nations sunday It's going to be absolutely incredible. This year we got a little surprise for you. Pastor Joe Buxton will be in the house on All Nations Sunday. We're going to have some crazy church up in here. Amen. It's going to be absolutely amazing. We're excited about that. And uh, we continue to pray for all of those who are working through Uh, challenges and nuances concerning the events of this past week, but we serve a God that is faithful. Amen. Amen. And uh, if you are affected in any way with the storm that has left you in a uh, a vulnerable position and uh, any dire need, we want you to reach out to us. We want to do our best to help you in any way that we can. Amen. And uh, we're so very grateful this week we received a a truck full of supplies that we were able to organize and distribute to the community this week. We've got more trucks that are coming this week and next week, and uh, potentially one agency that may be bringing uh, a total of a couple of semi-loads full of supplies so that we can set up some massive community distribution How many of you want to be a blessing to our city and our community during this time? Thank you to everybody who responded and responded so quickly to be here this week and to help us with those efforts. We ask you to just continue to make yourself available. Sometimes your greatest ability is availability and dependability. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we got to live the songs that we sing. (laughs) We like to sing, Lord, I'm available to you. My will I give to you. I'll do what you say to use me, Lord. Oh, that feels good. To show someone the way and enable me to say, My storage is empty, and I am available to you. Is that how you feel tonight? Give God a hand clap of praise. I'm available, God. Amen. Amen. Stand with me if you would. I want to hasten to the word of the Lord. And I'm excited tonight to continue our holiness Bible study series. Hey, man, I'm excited about breaking open the word of the Lord tonight, and uh, I'm going to invite you to go with me tonight to the book of 1 Peter, chapter number 1. This is where we will uh, launch tonight, 1 Peter, chapter number 1, and I'm going to begin reading at verse number 15, and... The past few lessons, we have been dealing with an understanding of holiness as the whole man being holy. Understanding that we are body, soul, and spirit. In the past couple of lessons, we have dealt primarily with holiness of the inner man. Understanding holiness from the perspective of Our thoughts and the things that we allow into uh, our hearts and our minds and so tonight I want to make a very natural progression from the inner man Uh, we understand the word of the Lord tells us that out of the abundance of the heart the inner man the mouth speaks and so it is in our speaking uh, that we will address and target our Bible study tonight. First Peter chapter 1, verse number 15 says, "But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, be ye holy" for I am holy. Would you put your Bibles down and one more time clap your hands and thank God for his word in this house tonight. Come on let's clap our hands and ask God to help us position ourselves to not just be hearers of the word but to be doers of the word tonight. Uh, Hallelujah God we thank you. We praise you. We're grateful for your word. Let it come into our hearts and our minds tonight. We give you the praise and the glory and the honor in Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. You may be seated. I want to go immediately tonight to the book of James chapter number three. If you are going to successfully navigate this world and the challenges of living for God, James chapter 3 becomes a quintessential portion of Scripture for you to understand. And so this is where I want to begin our study tonight is in the book of James. And for the sake of remembering the lesson... Tonight's lesson is simply going to be called, Let's Have a Conversation. Tell your neighbor, let's have a conversation. Be ye holy in all manner of conversation. James chapter 3, and, and, and I'm going to preach uh, stylistically, um Eclectic tonight, there might be some uh, synoptical teaching, uh, some exegetical teaching tonight, uh, but I want to uh, do my best to break down the word of the Lord to us in a way that's appropriate. James chapter 3 and verse number 1 begins, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things, somebody shout, many things, we offend all. If you live for God any length of time, you come to the stark realization that at some point in time in your walk with God, you're going to offend somebody. I can't buy an amen in this Holy Ghost church for $20. If you live life very long, it is simply a dynamic of life that at some point you are going to be offensive to somebody. The book of James tells us, for in many things we offend all. He goes on to write that if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. If you've never offended anybody by your conversation, then you are a perfect person. Can I get the hands of all of our perfect saints in the building tonight? Would you raise your hand if you are a perfect saint t- tonight? Taziah, you're going to go to hell on a scholarship for lying, Girl. Uh-huh. None of us have perfected the discipline of our conversation, and so it behooves us tonight to understand that if I am going to make it to heaven, this is an area of my walk with God that I have constantly have to give attention to. It is an area of life that requires constant discipline and constant inspection if I am going to please God. If any man offends not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. Now I love this because the word of God uses a powerful word picture here to communicate to us. He uses the word picture and the idea of a horse. Now, I am not a cowboy, but I have spent a little bit of time over the years here and there around horses. And horses are amazing creatures. They are powerful creatures that are known for their strength and for their power. So much so that even when we measure the power of an engine, we measure it by horse power. It has become a standard picture of strength. And so in dealing with the tongue or the conversation, the scripture uses a powerful word picture of the horse And tells us that if any man is perfect, then he is able to bridle his whole body. A bridle is a device that is put around the head of a horse in order to lead the horse around. Because if you can lead the head of the horse, then his body will naturally follow And so the scripture is indicative of the idea that if you can get control of the head, then you can control the whole body if you can win the war in your head uh, then you can win the war uh, in your life Uh, if you can win the battle uh, of what's in the mind uh, then you can win the battle can I preach to somebody in the building uh, that battles are lost and won uh, in the mind uh, before they are ever played out uh, in the rest of your life Uh, and so if you uh, can get the revelation uh, of bridling the head then your entire life will follow the direction of your head. And then the writer goes on to be even more specific. And in verse number three, he says, Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us. And if you know anything about a bit in a horse's mouth, it is literally a a device that is put into the mouth of the horse and it lays across the tongue of the horse and it keeps the tongue down. I got some people right now trying to figure out where to buy one for their spouse. Hallelujah. It is designed to take your control of the horse to an even greater level because the key to controlling the head is found in controlling the mouth. And if you can control the tongue and the mouth, then you can control the head. And if you can control the head, then you can turn the entire body by what controls the tongue. Your tongue will set the direction for the rest of your body. I just need a few people in the building that know what I'm talking about. If you can control your conversation, you can control your life. If you can control your tongue, you can control where your life is headed and the direction that you are going in. He goes on to say, behold, also the ships, which though they be great and are driven of fierce winds. He is giving us the depiction of a large ship. And not just a large ship, but a ship that is affected by outside forces. Other forces such as hurricanes that push the ship in whatever direction that it wants it to go. If you haven't been to downtown in the past few days, we've got a lot of brand new decorations all over downtown. We got ships hanging from third stories of buildings and sitting on top of sidewalks because the wind can push and blow the ship where it wants to. But it says this, Yet they are turned about with a very small helm whithersoever the governor listeth, as large as the ship is. And as strong as the winds are, uh, that ship can be controlled despite the wind, uh, despite its size, uh, as long as you've got control of the helm of the ship. What is the helm? It is a small, round uh, instrument like a steering wheel uh, that allows you to turn the ship. And the helm is connected to a small device uh, called a rudder. And a rudder is minicule in proportion to the rest of the ship. But its power of influence over the ship is so great that even the fierceness of the wind and the size of the ship have to obey the direction of the rudder. And it says that the whole ship can be turned by the governor of the ship. If he has control of the rudder. If you can get in control of your mouth, if you can get in control of your conversations, then the winds of your emotion will cease to cause you to be a mouth out of control. Oh, I do. I lose some amens right there. If you can get control of your tongue, then it doesn't matter what outside forces do. You will not lose control Uh, it won't matter what somebody does to you Uh, it won't matter what somebody says to you Uh, it won't matter what happens to you Uh, when you've got control uh, of your tongue uh, you can have control uh, over the entire ship he says even so shout even so He is making a direct connection to the word pictures of the horse and the bridle and the bit and now the ship and the helm. He says, even so, the tongue is a little member. The word member is a part of the body your hand your leg your the different parts of your body the tongue is one of the smallest members of the body and boasteth great things he says this behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth a little fire can cause a lot of damage how many of you remember several years ago the fires in California that right in the middle of their peak one record had uh, the the death count at over a hundred with over a thousand people unaccounted for there were over 150,000 acres of land burned and over 30 13,000 structures burnt to the ground. Think about that. 150,000 acres destroyed. Over 13,000 structures destroyed. And you want to know how it happened? It was one small campfire that got out of control. And the writer tells us that that's how your tongue is. You let your tongue get out of control and it will burn your life down. Ooh, I can't buy an amen in the building tonight. Uh, when you can't control your conversation and you have no control over your tongue and your conversations uh, it doesn't take long for things to get out of control and before you know it you'll look around you uh, and wonder why everything uh, is burnt down around you. Uh, you'll wonder why everything is on fire. Uh, why you're constantly having to put out relationship uh, fires that- that are all around you. Can I tell you it's a very simple thing? It's not because they don't like you because they're jealous about the car you're driving and they don't like you because they ain't got a man and they don't like you because they make so much more money than. No, it's because you can't control your mouth, you can't control your conversation. Woo, I knew I wasn't get, getting no shouters in here tonight, brother JJ. Uh, if you wonder why people are backing up all away from you, it's because they don't want to catch uh, on fire. Your mouth will destroy things uh, that are around you. It boasteth great things, and behold, how great a matter, a little fire kindleth. And he goes on to say this, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. And so is the tongue among our members, that it defileth. The whole body. Oh, that's powerful. You can wear dresses that you trip over when you walk. And your sleeves over your middle knuckles of your fingers. And your hair wrapped up in a four-foot Pentecostal hair bun. But if you ain't got control of your mouth, your whole body is defiled. I can't buy an amen in the building. I know some people that look holy uh, and they're as mean as a junkyard dog. Uh I know some people that walk around uh, praying majestic prayers. Uh, "Ah, Our Father, uh, in whom we trust tonight, uh, we stand upon thy precepts. uh, And, oh God, uh, we are believing you with great faith. uh, But they can't treat their brother right. Uh, They can't talk to anybody with kindness. Uh, You defile uh, the whole body uh, with your tongue. The whole body is defiled by the tongue. And here's what it says. And it setteth on fire the course of nature. I know some people whose lives are a mess simply because they've never learned how to control their conversations. Whoa, it's quiet up in here, up in here. I know some people, they got so much talent. They've got so much capability. They could do so much in their life, but their tongue is out of control. It sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. This is some powerful language. For every kind of beasts and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. Whoa, think about that. You can go to the zoo and they got lions in cages. They got lions tame, and you can pet them, and the trainer can snuggle with them, and they got gorillas that they sit down and have tea with, uh, and they got everything. I know, I saw a video the other day of uh, a service animal. Uh, What do they call them? Emotional uh, support animals, and it was an alligator. Anybody else see that? They had a six-foot alligator in the swimming pool with the kids as a support animal, I don't know what kind of problems them people got. <laughs> that you need an alligator as a support animal. I don't want those kind of issues. I thought puppy dogs were support animals. Every kind of animal they have tamed. But the tongue can no man tame. Ooh, that thing inside of your teeth. How many teeth do the human body have? Man, I heard people say 32. I heard one person say three. (laughs) Depends on where you're from. (laughs) We'll go with 32. (laughs) That thing sitting behind those 32 teeth you got is worse than any wild animal when it's not submitted to God. It'll create destruction like nothing else will. When it's not submitted and surrendered to God. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Tell your neighbor, you got poison in your mouth. Well, I know they gave you a dirty look, but it's true anyhow. You got poison. Speak in tongues on Sunday night, and tell somebody else off on Monday. shy, pass them on by on Sunday morning, and giving somebody a piece of your mind on Tuesday. Kickstart a Kawasaki, come sell a Honda on Tuesday night, and by Friday you letting them have it. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Did you know when you're telling somebody off, that's God's creation made in the image of God. And here we are letting our mouth fly open. He said, Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, can I add my sister? These things ought not to be. Wave your finger at your neighbor, and tell him, These things ought not to be. Doth the fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren and sister, bear olive berries? You know a tree by its fruit. He said, can the fig tree bear olive berries? Or how about can a vine bring forth figs? You got the name. You call yourself a Christian, but it ain't Christian fruit coming from your lips. That anger issue you got See, I'm about to step off on it right here. Every time you get mad uh, and tell your husband uh, he ain't no good for nothing, uh, and you wish you wouldn't even. uh, Oh, hello, come on, I'm losing you right now. Every time you get mad uh, and start kicking your kids uh, and telling them you wish that. Oh, you calling yourself uh, a Christian, uh, but that is not Christian fruit uh, coming out of your mouth. So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Who is a wise man? How many of you want to be wise? And endued with knowledge among you. Let him show how out of a good conversation his works. Your conversation is going to be what manifests God's righteousness in your life let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom meekness of wisdom how many of you remember what what meekness means blessed are the meek Moses was the meekest man on the earth we know where he earned that title from when his sister and some haters were talking about him and trying to ruin his reputation and trying to undermine his authority. And God said, get out of the way, Moses. I'm gonna handle your haters today and pulled them out in front of everybody and put a whooping on them in front of everybody and struck Miriam with leprosy And I know what all y'all would have done. You'd have been like... That's what happens when you play. Do it again, God. Do it again. But not Moses. Moses got on his knees and started weeping. And said, God... Have mercy on them. I know they did me wrong, but give them another chance, God. I know they messed me up, God. Uh, God said that's the kind of conversation you should be having. That's the kind of attitude uh, that should be coming. Come on, I'm preaching to some of us right now about our conversation. Be uh, holy. How you handle your haters uh, will tell a lot uh, about the holiness uh, of your conversation. I can't buy a witness uh, in the building. Uh, if you're going to be what God wants you to be, uh, you can't handle people uh, the way you used to handle them. Uh, don't you go running around uh, bad-mouthing your haters uh, and the people. No, 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 no. Uh, you need to start praying for them. Uh, you need to start praying that God uh, has mercy on them, uh, that God God, you know what you need to do when you see them? Uh, you need to put a smile on your face uh, and tell him, bless you. Uh, bless you. Uh, God bless you uh, from the head uh, to the soles of your feet. Uh, God bless you. Uh, let your conversation be uh, with meekness of wisdom. But if ye have Bitter envying. Whoa. Bitter envying. Envying is different than jealousy. You remember the difference? Jealousy is a godly trait. I thought I had some Sunday school students in the building. God said, I am a jealous God. If I'm jealous, it's because something belongs to me and you're trying to fool with it. I'm jealous over my wife. She's my wife. Don't fool with her. I'm jealous. Paul said, I have espoused you under one husband. I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy. But envying is something completely different. Envying is when somebody else has something that you don't have, and because you don't have it, you feel some kind of way about it. Oh, I could go down the list right here. They got a promotion on their job, and you got five problems. Why did they get? They they shouldn't have got that. They lied to get there. They they got the promotion because they 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 they, they just a suck up to the boss, and and they got no 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 no. You are you're envying is what the problem is. Uh, you got the only problem you got is that it wasn't you that got the promotion. Because uh, if it was you, they got the promotion. Uh, you would want everybody to give you a high five until uh, you can come on. Somebody uh, somebody pulls up in the parking lot, uh, and they driving a nice car uh, and you upset because you're still in a 1986 Toyota Corolla that's leaking oil all over the parking lot don't get upset and angry uh, and look down and they they boozy now who do they think uh, that's how you lock yourself uh, out of the next level of blessing Uh, you gotta learn how to rejoice uh, with them that rejoice uh, and get the envying uh, and the bitterness uh, up out of uh, your heart you got to get the bitter envying out of your spirit because if it's in your heart, it's going to come out in your conversation. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, here it is, he's tying our speech back to the inner man. Glory not and lie not against the truth. Don't Sit there and say, oh no, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't angry, I ain't bitter. The fact you gotta keep saying that is a telltale sign that you are. You know what your best course of action is? To just say, you know what? I'm wrong. Yeah. Woo! See. Have you ever heard somebody that's, I know that's what I said, but that's not what I meant. As if we could separate our intention from the words that come out of, I'm sorry, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And it is disingenuous. Uh, and you're lying against the truth. Uh, when you try to sit there and justify, I didn't mean it, and, I didn't say it. I, no, 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 no. Your best course of action is to say, you know what, I did say it. Uh, and you know what, I'm wrong. Uh, I shouldn't have said it. Uh, I had some things in my heart uh, that I had to get right. Uh, I had some things in my uh, come on I'm talking about being holy uh, in your conversation uh, if you got things in your heart uh, that have come out in your conversation when you get the Holy Ghost uh, you learn how to own it uh, and take responsibility uh, and repent uh, and make it right uh, and get it right with somebody glory not and lie not against the truth this wisdom descendeth not from above but is earthly and sensual and devilish when you start finding people that are envious it'll start creating all kind of problems and it's and it not just stuff sometimes people get envious because oh how come so-and-so got to lead that ministry I'm going to preach about it because there's more than one person who's backslid from this house right now because they had envy in their heart how how come they got to, to, to have that leadership? How come they're the ones that always get to get up behind the pole? Don't they know how anointed I am? Uh, don't they know how much experience uh, that I got? Don't they un- hey hey brother, uh, hey hey sister uh, you're playing uh, with the spirit of envy in your heart uh, and if you get that thing going in your heart uh, it will destroy you. Uh, that's not wisdom from above. Uh, the Bible says that kind of wisdom is sensual uh, and it is devilish. Uh, You've got to understand. uh, You've got to be honest with yourself. uh, When there is envy uh, that starts to come into your spirit for where envying and strife is there is confusion and every evil work. I can tell immediately when people are fighting with envy in their spirit Self-promotion, self-positioning, pointing out everybody else's mistakes and failures and faults and shortcomings. Because somewhere in my spirit, I've let unbelief get a hold of me. And I don't believe that God has an anointing for me. And I don't believe, I've lost faith that that God's got something for me and that God's going to. If you would spend as much time on your face uh, seeking God for what he wants you to do. uh, If you would spend half the energy uh, helping somebody uh, instead of complaining about everybody. uh, You would be amazed at how God would use you. Oh, can I preach this for a moment? Uh, can I can I just preach this like I feel it? Uh, because nine times out of 10, uh, the most complaining people uh, and envious people uh, are the ones doing the least in the kingdom of God. They're sitting on the sidelines. Uh, they're not showing up for anything but church. Uh, they don't show up. Now, come on. Uh, they usually give the least. Uh, they're looking for self-promotion. Uh, they're looking for a limelight. Uh, but the people that God wants to use uh, they don't ever say a word uh, they just keep showing up uh, they just keep being available uh, they just keep being dependable uh, they just keep helping people uh, and God starts using come on uh, you gotta learn how to get envying uh, and strife uh, out of your spirit uh, if you're gonna live holy holy Here's what 1 Corinthians 3 and 3 says about it. There is among you envying and strife because ye are yet carnal. You're not praying in the Holy Ghost. If you were praying in the Holy Ghost, you wouldn't need a referee between you and your brother or sister. Woo, it's getting quiet up in here. If you would pray in the Holy Ghost, you've already read in the Word of God what to do, and the Holy Ghost would confirm it in your spirit. You wouldn't need a referee. You'd learn how to humble yourself. You'd learn how to submit yourself one to another. You'd learn how to prefer your brother. You'd learn how to forgive. You'd learn how to be meek. You'd learn how to be kind. You'd learn how to be long-suffering. You would look, come on, somebody. I'm preaching to you tonight. There is an inextricable connection between our inner man and our conversations. The whole context of this chapter is our conversation. And he, he is tying it to the inner man. But the wisdom, verse 17, that is from above, godly wisdom, is first pure. It's first pure. Pure. Can I just tie this into something here, real quick? First Corinthians, I, I, the chapter slipped my mind. The Bible says that love bears all and love believes all. To the pure, all things are pure. Wisdom that comes from above, above is first pure, it's not only pure with who you are, but it's pure in how you view people. There's something wrong with you if you go around and in your lens, all you do is look for people's faults. You ought to go around looking for the best in people. I just need 10 Holy Ghost filled saints of God to amen their bishop tonight. You ought to let the Holy Ghost build inside of you to look for the best in people. Come on, if you look hard enough, uh, you're gonna find problems with everybody, uh, especially uh, if you look in the mirror. Uh, You're gonna find lots of issues, uh, lots of problems uh, because we're frail, we're just human beings. Uh, But if you've got the Holy Ghost uh, and you've got wisdom from above, uh, you learn first of all that it's pure. Uh, I believe the best in you. Uh, I'm looking for the potential in you. Uh, I'm looking for what God wants to do with you. Uh, I know you made a mistake. Uh, I know you got some issues, uh, but God doesn't see you uh, with all those issues. Uh, God sees the perfect you. Uh. He sees the potential you. Uh. He sees where He's taking you. Uh. He sees you the way uh, that He wants you to be. It's first pure, then peaceable. Peaceable. Do your conversations lead you to peaceableness? Or do your conversations lead you to arguments all the time? Mini mic drop. When people are around you, do they feel at peace? Or are you polemic? Polemic means that you're always looking for something to argue about, always something to to, to disagree about, always something to to get in a fight about, always something to, that's not the Holy Ghost working in you. The Holy Ghost, the Bible says this, the kingdom of God is neither meat nor drink, uh, but it's righteousness, righteousness, And joy in the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Ghost has a hold of your mind and your inner man and your heart, your conversation will be peaceable conversation. You'll be looking for ways to bring peace to people's lives, to bring peace in your relationship. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody. If you find yourself in an argument every time you turn around, you better stop pointing fingers and start to figure out that you are the common denominator of why there's no Peace uh, and start asking God uh, to change something uh, in your spirit uh, and in your conversation, uh, so that. Oh, come on! Uh, I'm losing some of y'all, uh, but you, you don't you forget uh, that we've got to follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Don't you forget about the peace part of it. I don't care how holy you look. If you can't find peace with people and you're at war with everybody, I don't think you're going to make it into the pearly gates according to the word of God. Peaceable. Then it's gentle. Are your conversations gentle? Oh, it's quiet in here. I know people that pride themselves in not being gentle. Bless God. That's how they do it. I just tell it like it is. That's not wisdom from above. I'm just going to say it like it. I know they may not like it. I don't care. That ain't the Holy Ghost talking in you. That's carnality talking in you. If you're going to be holy in your conversation, you've got to learn how to have a level of gentleness in your conversation with people. Woo, this is good preaching right here. You got to learn how to de escalate situations. You got the Bible says that a soft answer turneth away wrath. Yeah, yeah, you, you don't know how they came up on me. And ain't nobody going to come talk to me that kind of a way. That ain't the Holy Ghost working in you. You got to learn how to answer anger with a soft answer. Gentle. Tell your neighbor, easy does it. In the words of Jacob Phillips or Elder Jacobs, he said, Hold your tongue, beloved. I'm a king's kid. You can't talk to me in a kind of old way. You got to be gentle. Tell your neighbor, be gentle. And easy to be entreated. I've had people sit in my office and say, I don't know why everybody talks to everybody, but nobody will come talk to me about it. And I'm saying, well, Mm. let's see. Because they know you're going to fight with them immediately. You ain't going to listen. You're not willing to hear somebody else's idea. You're not willing to, to, to hear somebody out. But wisdom from above is easily entreated. You ought to strive to be somebody that people can approach and talk to. Oh, that's real good preaching. Thank you for the five amens we got in the building tonight. Easily entreated. Full of mercy and good fruits. Without, I can't preach every one of these, without partiality. We talk to our club and our clique one kind of way. But we talk to other people some other kind of way. God help me when we find the church looking like the West Side Story. Or put it in Southern language. I don't know. The Hatfields and McCoys. Feuds and clicks and clacks. I come against a spirit of tribalism. Come on, you got to learn how to love everybody. You got to learn how to love. Oh, come on. You got to learn how to love everybody. Impartial. Come on, I can talk to you as well as I can talk to anybody else. I can look you in the eye and love on you uh, like I can love anybody else uh, in this church. impartial and without hypocrisy. I don't have time to get into every one of these. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. If you want peace, you have to make peace. Somebody's got to have enough Holy Ghost to take initiative. Somebody's got to have enough Holy Ghost to be humble. Somebody's got to have enough Holy Ghost to come and say, hey, listen, I love you too much. I'm sorry, whatever I did, I, I, would you forgive me? Let's, let's get past this. Let's do this God's way. Come on, somebody. You have incredible power when you master your conversation. Remember, you are made in the image of God who used the power of his word to create the world. The Bible says that the world was framed by the word of God. You've got such power in your conversation. One sentence can set the room on fire. One sentence. You could turn somebody's life upside down in one sentence. Walk in your house. Let me me rephrase that. You could turn somebody's world upside down and start a fire with one word. Just walk by somebody and go, whatever. (laughs) What's that supposed to mean? What's their problem? What they got, you started a fire. But in the same way, you can do something negative, the power of not just death, but life is in the power of the tongue. And you can bring life to somebody with just one word. You can bring life to somebody uh, with one conversation. You can bring life to somebody uh, with just one simple sentence. Uh, I don't know how many times I've received a text message from somebody that had just the right words. Uh, God laid me on their heart uh, and they said something kind. uh, And I could be in a funk. I could be discouraged. uh, But that one little message from somebody uh, just pushed the clouds back uh, and gave me fresh hope. Uh, Come on. uh, When you've got the the Holy Ghost uh, you've got to you've got to be like God uh, and begin to speak words uh, that bring life uh, to people's world uh, you've got to look for opportunities uh, to speak life uh, over somebody you've got power uh, in your tongue uh, you've got power uh, in your conversation Proverbs 25 and 11 says a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold In pictures of silver, that is the value and the precious word picture that the word of God depicts concerning the value of our words. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32 says this. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. You've got to work at being slow to anger. You've got to work at de-accelerating the process of anger. I know some people got a short fuse. If you don't know anybody, that's because you the somebody. Get angry quick. You know what that is? It's a sign of no self-control. I don't know why the Holy Ghost has dropped this on me, but that's what offense is. When you tell somebody I'm offended, what you are announcing is that you do not have the ability to control your own emotions and therefore everybody else should control them for you. That was for free. Back to anger. People who have anger issues, it's simply a sign of no self control. They're like the man from Gadara. No man could tame him. No, not with chains. Explosive. You got to learn how to have a long fuse. You got to learn how to be long suffering. Anybody know what suf- long suffering means? Out of geniuses. Nobody wants to suffer long, but that's. That's one of the signs of the Holy Ghost working in your life. Long suffering. Now, woe be unto the person who reaches the end of the fuse of somebody who is long suffering. It takes a long time to get there. But when you arrive, I got something for you. (laughs) Tell your neighbor long suffering. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. If you can get a hold of this concept, you're better than the mighty. And he that ruleth his spirit is better than he that taketh a city. Think about the greatness of conquerors like Napoleon and Cortez taking cities. The Bible said if you can just control your anger and control your spirit, you have more greatness in you than a man that can take the city. The beginning of greatness is self-control. The beginning of a journey to to greatness in your life begins with self-control, with controlling your conversation, controlling your spirit in your tongue. We often talk about people and we say, man, they got a temper on them. It's actually the opposite. To be tempered means that you don't break easy. That's what they do with tempered steel. When steel is tempered, then you can take that steel and bend it, bend it, bend it, bend it, bend it, brother Stewart, and it ain't gonna snap. The more it's tempered, the more bending it can take. If it loses its temper, it just snaps. So that's what you say when you say, man, they lost their temper. But if you can demonstrate self-control, if you can develop and harness temper, that is what will separate you. That is what will take you to greatness in the kingdom of God. I'm hurrying. Music, come. Matthew chapter 12, verse 33 through 37 says this. Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. In other words, God is saying there shouldn't be any confusion. Verse 34, here's what he says. O generation of vipers. What is a viper? It's not just the snake. It is a venomous snake. And what did James say? The tongue is full of poison. O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. The inner man Will always dictate what comes out of the man. Did you know that in in early lie detection tests, one of the primary ways that they would tell if somebody was lying was they would study their heart rate and blood pressure while they were speaking? There was a direct connection between their words and their heart. Verse 35 says, a good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure bring forth evil things. You can't bring good things out of an evil treasure box. You can't bring good things out of a corrupt treasure box. If you've got the inner man prayed through, if you've got the inner man sanctified, then it's going to show up in the way that you speak. It's going to show up in your conversation. Verse 36, the writer says, but I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. God is keeping track of what you say. Come on, somebody. I said, God is keeping track of what you say. And if you're saying things, if you've said stuff that you know is wrong, that you know fits the category of the things we're talking about, you don't want God to make you give an account for them there. So you got to make an account for them here. When you say something, when, you're, when you speak words that are idle, that are, that are not right, that are heart hurtful or harmful you've got to take responsibility and make it right now amen somebody you've got to learn to say i'm sorry you've got to learn how to apologize and take ownership boy it's quiet they may have never heard you say it it may have been outside of their presence but god heard Come on, I said, God heard what you said. Oh, but they'll never know it doesn't hurt them. It's not about whether it hurts them. God's blood's covering them. It's going to hurt you. Bitterness does more to destroy the vessel in which it's stored than the vessel into which it's poured. You need to repent for your sake. And don't come to people with fake apologies. I just want to say, I'm sorry you thought I said that. You're sorry that I thought something? That's a fake apology. How are you going to apologize for my thinking? I'm sorry that you took it that way. What? What? ever had somebody try to apologize to you like that? That's a fake. They ain't apologizing. They're trying to blame you for what happened. I just want to apologize that you thought I did that. (laughs) Fake. No, 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 no. You need to take ownership. I said it. I did it. I'm wrong. I've got to get it right. Would you forgive me? Would you forgive me for what I said? Would you forgive me for what I did? Bible says some men's sins go before them to the throne and some men's sins follow after them. You don't want your sins following you to the throne of God. You want to get your mistakes and get them dealt with now before you get to the throne of God. Come on, somebody. Every idle word that men shall speak They shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. You can't detach what you say from what's going on in your heart. And I remember I saw a car one time, had a bumper sticker that said, Honk if you love Jesus. So I honked at them, and what they sent back to me was not one God. I don't know that they love Jesus the way their bumper sticker said they love Jesus. (laughs) I remember about seven years ago, we were over in the Fowler Street building, and there was a new convert that had recently prayed through and received the Holy Ghost. And I was headed down Fowler Street to the church, and I was, I was literally just a few buildings away from the church. And I was, you know how crazy Fowler Street can get. There's no turning lanes. and People just slam brakes in the middle of the road. And Some of y'all got scars on your vehicles to prove Fowler Street's treacheries. And so I was following a car, and, and I didn't know whose car it was, uh, and, and they didn't know who I was. And we were headed down Fowler Street, and I was trying to navigate the the traffic, you know. And sometimes when you create space, people just keep cramming into the space, and I was trying to turn. And so I was following a little bit closer than normal to the car in front of me, trying to make sure that I could make the turn into the building. When all of a sudden they decided they didn't like me following them that close, and they brake checked me, slammed on their brakes. I hit my brake. Arr, try not to hit them. The person behind me hit their brake. They came to a complete stop. They leaned out of the car and turned around and flipped me the Hawaiian good luck sign. And it was the new convert. And they didn't know it was me until they turned around and said Hello and they turned I mean they had their whole body out the window they turned around yelling and cussing and and when they saw it was me that's what they said praise the Lord and it went from one finger to hi I just smiled at him said how you doing I hugged him the next service. Proverbs 13 and 3 says this, he that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life. If you can control your mouth, you can control your life. But he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction People who can't control their tongue usually have a life full of chaos. And you normally don't find people who have their life together who don't have their conversation together. Proverbs 18 and 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. You know, you can kill stuff with your words. You speak negatively long enough to your wife and you'll kill your marriage. You speak negatively enough to your friends, you'll kill your friendships. You speak negatively enough at your job, you'll destroy your career. You speak negatively enough to your children, you'll destroy their confidence. I heard of one indigenous tribes somewhere in the Pali Islands that had a practice when they were trying to cut down large trees if they found a tree that was too large to cut down with tools every morning the men would gather together and they would shout curses at the tree for 30 minutes every day and at the end of 30 days the tree would literally begin to die You can speak something to something so negatively that after a while it just begins to wilt and it begins to die. But if it's true in the negative, it's true in the positive. And even Jesus' example to us how to speak life When he rolls up on the scene to Lazarus' situation and his sisters tell him, if you would have been here, Lord, he wouldn't have died. Jesus begins to speak and he says, Lazarus is sleeping. You would, have, you would have looked at him and said, oh, there goes that positive thinking and that positive talking again. What do you mean he's sleeping? He's dead. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. He begins to speak life into a dead situation. And I came to preach to somebody tonight that if you let the Holy Ghost begin to work, you can speak life into everything that's dying around you. Can I just preach for just a moment and switch gears? Uh, In the middle of this season that we're in, uh, you've got to make it up in your mind uh, that you're not going to speak death, uh, that you're going to speak life uh, into every situation uh, that's going on around you. Uh, Come on, you need to learn now uh, how to bridle uh, your conversations uh, and bridle your tongue. uh, And it starts uh, by the inner man. Uh, It starts by regulating your thoughts. It starts by regulating your heart. And when you begin to regulate your heart and your mind, the next thing to follow will be the way that you speak. And you've got to make it up in your mind every day. I'm not going to speak death. I'm going to speak life. I'm going to speak life into every situation. I just need a few people on a Tuesday night that are ready to speak life into your words around you God brought a prophet to a valley of dry bones and asked the question can these bones live God said I want you to lay your eyes on something uh, that looks uh, like it's gone uh, that looks uh, like there's no hope Uh, not only were they a bunch of dry bones the Bible says they were very uh, dry Uh, they were so dry uh, that to the eye it looked like uh, there was no hope Uh, can I preach to you uh, that God could have just spoke a word uh, and brought them back to life uh, but he wanted to teach the man of God a lesson. And so he said, I want you to stand on the edge uh, and I want you to look uh, at something that doesn't look uh, like it can't even hear you. Uh, and I want you to begin uh, to prophesy. Uh, I want you to begin to speak uh, because I'm going to give you a revelation uh, that there is the power uh, of life in your words. Uh, prophesy uh, to the bones. Uh, oh, I'm preaching to somebody in the building. Uh, you better learn how to wait up every day uh, and start prophesying uh, over some things in your life uh, that look like they're dead, uh, that look like they're gone. Uh, Prophesy uh, to the bones. uh, And when you're done with the bones, uh, start prophesying uh, to the wind uh, until the wind starts blowing. Uh, I came to preach to somebody that life and death uh, is in the power uh, of your tongue. Somebody ought to lift your hands uh, and open up your mouth right now uh, and begin to prophesy uh, life uh, over your situation uh, life uh, over your circumstances uh, life uh, over everything that looks uh, like it's dry tonight Uh, come on somebody open your mouth Uh, somebody open your mouth uh, and begin to prophesy uh, in this house uh, today Come on, speak to something that looks like it can't hear you speak to something that looks uh, like it's impossible Uh, there's power uh, in your words come on somebody right now uh, there's a reason why your mouth is closed uh, and you're struggling to open your mouth in prayer Uh, it's because the enemy uh, understands the power uh, of your voice Uh, I'm challenging you right now while you're standing there uh, with your hands lifted uh, open up your mouth uh, and let your voice ring out uh, across this sanctuary tonight Uh, Come on. Uh, God's going to anoint your voice. Uh, God's going to anoint your prayer. Uh, God's going to anoint your words uh, in this house tonight. Uh, Come on, lift your voice. Come on, saint of God, open your mouth and pray. Uh, Don't whisper your prayer. Uh, Lift your voice to the heavens. Uh, Lift your voice uh, into the atmosphere uh, of this sanctuary tonight. Uh, Come on. Uh, Come on. Come on, there's power in your words. There's power in your words. Come on. Yes. Yes, open up your mouth in this place. Come on, come on. Yes. Yes. Come on. on. My conversation uh, is going to be full of faith. My conversation uh, Is going to be anointed conversation uh, My conversation uh, Come on In Jesus' name In Jesus' name Yes Come on Come on, open your mouth Open your mouth I speak a lie No, 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 no. Come on, open your mouth. I declare you shall live and not die. I declare you're the head and not the tail. I declare you're above and you're not beneath. Yes. You shall live. Yes. Yes. I want you to keep praying but I'm giving you specific instruction tonight as your man of God I'm watching people in the building uh, that your definition of prayer tonight uh, the enemy has pushed you in a corner uh, and you think that closing your eyes uh, and lowering your head uh, with your mouth closed uh, is somehow going to bring you uh, into a shift uh, or a place of blessing Uh, you better hear your preacher tonight Uh, faith uh, without works uh, is dead uh, and there is a reason why God chose uh, the spoken word. Uh, there is a reason why God chooses uh, the manifestation of words uh, to anoint with power. Uh, if you're gonna see God move, uh, man of God, uh, you've got to open your mouth. Uh, you can't just stand there and look at it. Uh, you can't just stand there and stare at it. Uh, I'm preaching all over the building right now. Uh, lift up your hands uh, and begin to lift your voice. Uh, don't you dare stand there uh, quiet tonight. Don't you stand there meditating tonight instead of praying. If you'll open your mouth and prophesy, the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. The Holy Ghost is going to begin moving on your behalf. Somebody open your mouth right now. Come on. Open your mouth and pray. Open your mouth and prophesy. Come on, sir, get your hands in the air. Come on, man, get your hands in the air. Come on, there's a daddy that needs to prophesy over his children. There's a mama that needs to prophesy over her household. Come on, open up your mouth and prophesy. In Jesus' name. Jesus name I prophesy over my health I prophesy over my body you are the God that healeth me you're Jehovah Rapha you're my healer you're my come on somebody open your mouth Jesus Jesus Come on, come on, he's in the building right now. He's in the building right now. You shall Come evil, on, my come brother, on, in. other. You are the man, man. I Don't give up Jesus. the fight for your life. Come on, you shall. The blessing of God tonight. Speak the promise of God tonight. Speak the word of God tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I speak life. Yes, the head yes. not the tail. You will prevail. I speak life. Don't give up.